0: more than conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you you can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org he's known as the father of lies
1: and does not respond to tears complaints arguments or pleas for mercy but how easily he accomplishes his goals will amaze you called satan He longs to discourage God's children, making them doubt God's authority, and ultimately choose compromise, neutralizing them, and making them ineffective for God's use. As the commander-in-chief of an evil army sworn to do his bidding, his weapons of choice to knock you out of the game are sickness, trouble, poverty, and heartache, and his battlefield is usually your mind. Calling him mankind's deadliest enemy, Pastor Ray warns us not to bite his bait, but encourages us rather to resist this enemy with all of our might, showing us how the battle can be won only with God's word, fiercely fought right down to the very gates of hell. No wonder Pastor warns when you see this enemy's paw print be on guard, he's near and ready to destroy you.
2: So let's open up to 1 Peter. And we were talking about the devil's devices and his strategies. And I wanted to just talk a little bit more today and go into a couple of other verses to kind of help you. Now, uh, just for the sake of review, we talked about and I pointed out that um, there are different classifications of people and you have to find out where you stand or what what classification you fall under or in. Um, There are some that when you start talking about the devil... um, that would say and would mock and say, well, there is no devil. And, um, you know, and I've heard people say, that, ah, yeah, the devil is just a figment of your imagination, something, up, something that man made up. Well, you know, that would be the greatest place or the greatest position the devil would love to get us into because if you don't believe that he exists, then he can just run amok and do whatever he wants to do, you see. So this would be the greatest deception of all the deceptions is to get people to think that there really isn't a devil and that he doesn't exist. And there's people that fall into that. Because if he if he does if he can get you to think that he doesn't exist, then you're never gonna really learn or understand that you have authority and a power against him and over all the things that he would try to do. And he's got you basically neutralized. He's got you paralyzed as an individual, as a believer. Because you're thinking he doesn't exist, so I don't need to really do anything because there really isn't a devil, when all the while there really is a devil and his name is Satan. I pointed out to you that in the New King James Version, and I'm quite sure it's it's more than this, but just for the sake of giving some understanding of how frequent he is mentioned in some way either Satan, either Lucifer, um, Angel of Light, um, um, I don't know, there's a bunch of, there's like five different names, don't remember the other two, but anyway, he's mentioned over a hundred times in the Bible. Devil, that was another one, devil. He's mentioned over a 100 plus times from the Old Testament through the New Testament. So how many of you agree with me that you know the, the Lord wants us to know, God wants us to know that there, there really is an enemy, there really is a devil. So then the second classification of people would be that some are afraid of the devil. When you start mentioning or talking about the devil, people freak out. It's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. That freaks me out, you see. And um, I remember one time many years ago, I was talking to a friend, and an you know, un- unenlightened friend, not a believer, and I started talking about how the devil you know, has a plan and all this. To get, oh, don't, don't talk. That gives me heebie-jeebies. Well, uh, just because it freaks you out and just because you want to ignore the fact that he exists does not make him or his strategies and devices go away. Absolutely. Right? right? So that's the other classification of people is that there's, there's that group that doesn't want to talk about the enemy. As a matter of fact, as I'm thinking about it, I don't think really I've heard in a long time a real good message on the devil. We touch on it. We, we bring it up. We say, but I haven't heard a real a teaching just focusing in on him and his devices and his strategies. And that's what we're trying to do here somewhat just to talk a little bit about it. Then there's a third classification and there are those that are that are overly infatuated with the enemy where everything is the devil everything is the de- there's a devil under every rock a devil under the chair a devil in the basement a devil in the you know the devil is everywhere and really when you are when you uh, succumb to that kind of thinking about the enemy you actually empower him more because what you're doing is you're walking around in some sort of fear that the devil is going to jump out and attack you so you walk around in this fear of the enemy and that's really what it is and you actually give him more credibility and more power over your life and over your thinking then there's a classification of people which we are trying to build and i'm trying to build here that has a healthy understanding of the devil and understands that he does have power and, and understand that, that he is real and that he lurks and he, he walks around and he, he seeks and he, he tries to find you know, uh, uh, people to, to attack and to get into, get into your life and to get into your affairs. But we don't walk around afraid. We walk around with the authority that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. Because we understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We understand that Jesus gave us authority and power to trample over scorpions and serpents and over all the power and the authority of the enemy. So so I want to be and I want to train you to be the kind of person that walks around not afraid, not ignoring, not pretending that he doesn't exist, with full understanding and knowledge that the enemy is real, the devil is real, and he does exist, but I have nothing to fear because God has given me full authority, rights, and privileges to rebuke him and to exercise that authority against him. See, now, if you you don't want to believe that he exists and you want to just, you know, not talk about him, well, we need to talk about him because the more information we have, the, the better prepared and the better able we'll be to launch the counterattack against him because he comes. He comes. Now, let's go over to First Peter and we'll pick up from that thought. And it says here in verse 8, Peter exhorts us and says, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So uh, Peter exhorts us to be sober and to be vigilant. We need sobriety, spiritually speaking. We can't be asleep because, according to what we've just learned, the enemy lurks around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, but he comes like a roaring lion. And often I've said this, you know, when you start to see the enemy uh, start to unleash a plan or I begin to see some, I say, I begin to, I, I say, I've said this to people. I see, I see the enemy's paw prints around us. In other words, he's lurking. He's looking. He's looking for some way to get into your life, to get into my life. To get into the life of of your affairs or get into your business or get into your home or to get to your health. He's looking for a way to to gain access. He's he's roaming around like a roaring lion. Now notice what he says. um, He says, your adversary. See, God is not the adversary. God is not the source of your trouble. The enemy is the source of your trouble. He says, your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour So he's looking for weak ones. You know, he's looking for uh, an opening. That's why we need to shut every door. That's why we need to build up a resistance against him. Don't let there be open doors in your life that give him entrance into your life because he's seeking for the weak ones. He's seeking for someone to, to come in and to devour. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, said, the thief, speaking about the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy But Jesus said, but I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we see the ministry of the enemy. The ministry of the enemy is to come in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to break up your home. He wants to disturb your marriage. He wants to disturb your mind he wants to get involved in your finances. He wants to come in because whenever the devil comes in, all he brings with him is destruction, trouble, problems, heartache. That's what the enemy does. You see, I, I mean, you, you you just saw it again uh, on the news, another, uh, you know, ISIS attack in, in England. Do you think, I mean, do you, people would say that, you know, I, I, I can't believe there's a devil. All you have to do is look around the world and see the evil that's been unleashed in this world to have some understanding that there is an evil force at work in the world. Yes. And, and this is, the devil gets in the hearts and the minds of people and causes them to go in crazy directions, you see. And he is the perpetrator. He is the one that we, we ought to uh, lay that guilt, guilt on. But let us not as Christians be foolish to open up the door for him to come in. Amen. He says he roams around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking, looking, hunting, hunting for someone to take over, to devour, to come in and to cause trouble in your life. Because he is, he's a rabble rouser. He causes trouble, he yeah. causes problems. So God is not the source of your trouble, the enemy is. And he said there is an adversary. And Peter wants us to be fully aware of So he walks around. I said, now, verse 9 says, resist him. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to resist the enemy. He said, if you resist him, he said, being steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So what am I supposed to do? When the enemy lurks, when the enemy comes, we've got to be sensitive in the spirit to know that, you know, the enemy is, is lurking. He's about to... He's about to launch an attack. I'm feeling it. Or maybe you're in the midst of an attack. Well, whenever that happens, what you're supposed to do is to resist him, being steadfast in the faith. So what do we understand? We understand that faith, we resist him in faith. Faith is the weapon that we use against the enemy. We saw the picture of Jesus in the desert. We talked about it the last time. And he was about to enter and embark upon his ministry. And the enemy unleashed a 40-day attack while he's out there in the desert fasting. The devil is tempting and attacking for 40 days. And the last day or so, he unleashes the strongest attack upon him. And what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't succumb. He resisted by the word of God. He just spoke the word of God back to the devil, which caused that warfare and that temptation to come to an end. So the, the thing that we need to learn from, this, from these verses is that our part is we need to resist. We can't, we can't just lay down and play dead. You can't just let the enemy have his way in your life. Resist him. If he's troubling your marriage, resist him. If he's troubling your kids, resist him. If he's troubling your health, resist him. In faith, stand against his attack. And take your authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus told you. In Luke, he said, I've given you authority. We saw it. We looked at it. I, I've given you authority to trample over scorpions. Over demon spirits. And over all the power of the enemy. All of it. And nothing in no way will hurt you or come against you. So we have this authority, and the more we understand it and the more we exercise it, the better our lives are going to be. But if you just sit back and let him do what he wants to do, then, you know, he's just going he's to he's oblige you. He's going to oblige you. But the minute you begin to resist and take your ground is the minute that he begins to back off. That's why you've got to get the word. The word's got to be in your heart because the devil doesn't respond to your tears. Here's one. The devil doesn't respond to your belly aching. You're complaining. He doesn't, he doesn't respond to your anger. See, because what he wants to do oftentimes, he wants to get you angry at God. Because he wants you to think it's God that's doing it to you when it's not God that's doing this stuff to you. This is all the plan, the scheme, the device, the booby trap of the enemy that he has set against you, your family, and your future. He wants to stop you from getting to your destiny and your purpose, your God-given purpose in life. Worse than anything, what he is trying to do in our lives is to neutralize us and to make us ineffective for God. Because if we become aware of his schemes and his tricks and we understand our position as believers that we have authority over all the work of the enemy, the minute we rise up in that authority, his goose is cooked. He has no more no more power over us, no more fear over us, no more anything because we are aware, totally aware of our rights and privileges in Jesus Christ come on somebody give the Lord a hand clap and an amen so resist him steadfast in the faith so what I want to do now is I want to go over to the book of Ephesians this is a very familiar uh, section uh, of scripture but I want to go over it for the sake of those that maybe are here for the first time never heard this and maybe this is just good for those of you who have heard it but need to hear it again so here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, the Bible says, and this is Paul's warning now, Peter warns us to be sober, to be vigilant, and to be ready because the enemy is lurking. And um, that's what we have to do. We've got to be ready. We've got to be on our guard. Um, we can't be spiritually asleep. We've got to be awake. Some of us are sleeping. Brother, sister, you better get awake. You better, better awaken. All right. So he says here in verse 11, he says, put on God's whole armor, whole armor. That, in other words, don't leave anything undone. Keep yourself fitted with God's armor. He said, put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier. Now, now I want to tell you something. When you got born again, you got enlisted in God's army. Uh, you didn't merely just get invited to a party you got enlisted in God's army. He said, you got to start to look at yourself as a soldier in the army of God. Because brother and sister, let me tell you what, we are in a warfare, whether you like it, whether you believe it, whether you agree with me, whether your theology agrees with me, we are in a spiritual battle and it's showing up every day in our lives, everywhere we go. So he said, put on God's whole armor The armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. You see, the devil has strategies. He has deceits. He strategizes against you and me. Now, I'm not, you know, I've not been in the military, um, but I've read books and I've seen things on TV and I've listened to those who are. And it's very, very clear that when, when an army is trying to attack an enemy, they begin to plan strategies. They come up with plans. And often they devise those plans based upon the weaknesses of the opponent. They look for the weakness and then they begin to strategize plans because they see that as the opportunity to break in and to get a foothold. See, the enemy has strategies. He has plans. He's strategizing. And a lot of times, it's based upon the knowledge because he doesn't have knowledge of the future. But he does know what we've been doing and what we've been up to. They do understand what we do. That's why I say it's so important to be careful what you say and what you do and, and, and to be mindful and to be sober and to be vigilant and to be on your game because you're giving the enemy Ammunition to come back at you. Are you with me? So he's strategizing ways and plans to try to mess you up, to trip you up, to to take you down, to take you out. Thank God that, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and that no strategy of the devil can have it in my life. No strategy of the devil can bring me down because the greater one lives in me And as the devil has strategies, so does God have a way out for you and for me. So he's strategizing. He's he's deceiving. And he's using all kinds of trickery to try to trip you up and to get in your way and to cause you to not fulfill your destiny, your God-given purpose, to not continue walking with God, to give up, to turn around, to retreat, to go, to go back. And this is his strategy. As I'm thinking over my own life over the years and, you know, how many times the enemy unleashed attacks because he knew, he had, a, he had a glimmer. He just understood just by what was going on in my life at that time that I was about to go somewhere to do something and create something and accomplish something. So he would throw little strategies. Sometimes it's a thought. Sometimes it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fear. Sometimes it's a feeling of insecurity. Sometimes it's a feeling of failure in your life. And he throws these strategies against you because he knows your weak spots. He knows your tender spots. And he will use these things to try to devise a strategy and a plan to trip you up. So that you won't go forward and you won't complete the mission and you won't go for your best and you won't accomplish the things that God has intended for you to accomplish. He wants to knock you out of the game. That's why you've got to be mindful of of things in your life. If there's an area of weakness in your life, then you've got to strengthen that up. You've got to be on your guard. You see, it's amazing to me how many times people fall for the same thing over and over again. They keep repeating the same mistake. And they haven't yet realized that that's an area of weakness in their life. And if that's an area of weakness, then the devil's going to come in and trip you up every single time. And often people will say to me, well, you know, if God was real and God really loved me and all this stuff was true, why am I, why am I in this trouble again? Because, dummy, you opened up the door for the enemy. That's not God doing it. You opened up the barn door and let the horse out, as they say. You invited trouble Because you had an opening in your life. You had a weakness that you weren't working on. And you gave way to the enemy. So when the weakness hit you, when that temptation came, when that thought came, you bit the bait. And you went down the tubes. And that's exactly a strategy that the enemy uses time and time again. So Paul is warning us, he says, get yourself girded like a warrior, not like a crybaby. Not like a lazy bone, but get yourself ready as a warrior of God because the evil one is going to come. He's strategizing, he's planning, he's got all kinds of deceitful things that he is planning to unleash upon you and against you to, in the hopes that you're going to bite the bait and you're going to fall away or you're going to retreat or you're going to quit or you're going to give up, or you're not going to keep, you're going to, even worse than that, you're going to be stuck in neutral and not continue your march forward in the things of God. So he says that you might be successfully able to stand up against the strategies and the deceits of the devil. So what is this all about? This is about us being in ready, or being in, in, pre- in preparation and being prepared and ready to launch the counter attack that the devil might throw our way. Nothing to be afraid of because I don't like this devil talk. Well, you're like the person I spoke about. Don't worry about it. You're freaking out because you just don't know your rights. You don't know your privileges. You don't know the authority you have. Listen, when the, when the, when the police officer sees somebody speeding down the road, does he like freak out and say, Gee, I don't know if I should stop this guy. I don't know what's going to happen if I, I don't know, maybe he'll run me over. No, he says, I've got the authority. I got the badge. I got the gun. I got the handcuffs. I, and you got the word of God and the anointing of God in your life. Cop just says, No, man, you're breaking the law, and I'm going to enforce the law. When the enemy comes to break, the law of God in your life, then you have the right, the privilege to stand up against him and enforce God's word against him.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.